back to season three of Real Estate Renovators. We had two successful seasons, so fingers crossed season three is just as successful. And why wouldn't it be when we're kicking it off with Tony Morrison, CEO of Harcourts Victoria? Tell us a little bit about Tony, Rex. Tony is not just CEO of Harcourts Victoria, CEO of Harcourts Tasmania as well, That's I true. believe. Uh, and we're going to hear how he started, how he started his career, how he went became a CEO, and his topic of today is how to build a brand. Tony, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Wouldn't be the same without you. Tell us about yourself, Tony. Some some of our viewers may not know who you are. Uh, well, I'm originally born and bred in Tasmania. That's where most of my real estate career has been. I started in real estate a long time ago in 1988. So that's been around for 33 or something years, I wow. suppose. Uh, prior what to made that, you choose real estate? Oh, well, uh, prior to that, I was a musician slash music teacher. Ah. And I threw all my jobs in in 87 and went overseas to London like many Australians do and spent a year I suppose in London and traveling and, and working and came back to Australia and I had the travel bug and I thought well uh, I'm going to earn more money in real estate than I will in teaching <laughs> and playing music so initially I had no idea about real estate I just thought this could be a ticket to earn lots of money so I can go traveling again yeah. so I rocked up at uh, I went around a whole range of local real estate offices in Launceston and eventually one gave me a job and uh, it all started from there. Wow. So Was that a Harcourts office that gave you a job? No, there was no Harcourts. I started Harcourts in Tasmania. This was, uh, I worked with the professionals and uh, I worked there for about 10 years and um, you know, had a very successful time selling uh, purely as, a, as an agent. So, uh, How did you go from, I'm assuming from an agent, you went to set up, setting up your own office? Uh, so after working at, uh, at uh, professionals for about 10 years, I, I think I was probably a bit burnt out. I, you know, it was just the business was so flat out and, you know, I, I was selling at my peak 280 houses a year. Wow. Like that's a truckload of houses. Yeah. So I, I was burnt out. So I got out of real estate for a couple of years and went back to my other passion. Music? Uh, music. I bought a, a CD store. Oh, and, oh wow. And there was no money in CDs. <laughs> this is about the time when we had all those imports. You remember when those imports came in from yeah. overseas where you can buy CDs for $9 or $10? Tell some of our viewers what CDs are. That's right. You know, um, so I did that for a couple of years. Then um, I was approached by my brother and another lady to set up a real estate company. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm not doing any good at selling CDs. <laughs> so I went back into real estate and we set up a company called M&M Real Estate. And we traded with them for about three years, and then we just were sales or property management. Sales and property management, yeah. And How was the transition from a sales agent, I suppose, to a business owner? Uh, yeah, look, it went pretty good. We, we, we started at just the right time. We had a bit of luck. It was the previous boom prior to this boom we'd just been through. It was about two thousand and two, two thousand and three. We had an amazing boom, which seemed amazing and compared, but not compared to this boom. Yeah, but like in a Tasmanian market. It's a very stable market. You don't get huge growth and much change, but we had huge growth. And so we started at the right times. So everything just fell into place. Um, M&M stood for Morrison and Morrison. So it was like oh. two brothers who were local boys, born and bred in Launceston, knew everybody. Um, and so therefore we had an established, I suppose, brand. Mm. Um, and we had a, yeah, and then we had uh, another lady, Kirsty Dunphy, who was very good with technology, and so she did a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff and set up the website, and we just did what we did best, which was go out and sell houses. So we initially probably didn't have to get too much involved in the management of the business because we had someone who oversaw it all for us. But gradually over time, we got more and more involved. And how did that evolve into 
And then um, we were approached by Harcourts probably about 2003. Who was the CEO there at the time? Uh, it was Mike was in charge. Oh, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, so we were approached um, actually by the CEO from uh, actually the CEO from Queensland, Aaron Brooks at the time, and he uh, came down. And actually, we went up too. Actually, we met Mike and a whole pile of the corporate team in in, in Brisbane, and they uh, put a proposal to us to set up the brand in uh, Tassie and. Um, Initially, um, you know, we, we thought this was great because we, you know, we had no systems, no technology, no training. We were just mm -hmm. two young guys who were good at selling. <laughs> uh, we thought we'll, we'll never be able to grow beyond what we are unless we have some support. So we thought it was a good idea. And so we swapped to this brand called Harcourts, which was, was only relatively new in Australia at that stage. I think it came to Australia in 1997. So it's only been in Australia for six years. And it was a New Zealand brand. So we 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 gone from a... We went from a, a brand which is based on two local guys in Launceston to this brand from New Zealand, which no one had ever heard of. Mm. So to be honest, we actually and took the first a, office in Tassie. The first office in Tassie. So we probably took a step backwards for a little while because it was like there was a little bit of a reaction of, well, who are these young guys that have sold out to this multinational ah. company and it's not even Australian. Yep. So it took a little while. So we went backwards probably slightly, but within a, 18 months or so, we were tracking forward again and and then we started to grow the brand and it was my job as the CEO for for the group uh, to to go out and find offices and initially uh, there was a reluctance and most of our growth was through agents in our office saying I, I like the brand and I like the opportunity mm -hmm. so I'll, I'll take on a franchise next door and so on oh, okay. and then bit by bit uh, other offices uh, non Harcourt's offices came to us and started seeing that we were growing and uh, they started approaching us. So it sort of went from we were chasing people to join us to then they started wanting to come and join us. And right. bit by bit over a number of years, we uh, we turned it into the dominant brand. Um, and now in Tasmania, Harcourt sells you know, one in four, sometimes one in three houses wow. across the state. How so, many offices are in Tasmania? Uh, it's about 25, including our rural and commercial ones. So, wow. Um, so it's, it, it's, it just dominates. Mm. When you sat down, Tony, in that initial meeting with Harcourts, obviously you had this independent office, it was family run, I'm sure you were doing quite well. What was it that really sold you to join the Harcourts network at that time? Oh, look, there was just so many things which we just didn't have. You know, I mentioned before, we, we had no idea to, if we wanted to grow a team, well, we needed good training. And um, I suppose like most people who are natural at selling, they're probably not great at training. It's like, mm. you know, most good, sports people are not good coaches you know so we needed some good coaches to help us coach people to become better salespeople. they had systems and technology and you know mm. all these things and plus you know they they, they had this vision to to grow the brand and we thought it'd be be, be nice to be part of something bigger yeah. uh and that you know they're all really good people and and i mean we want to be associated with uh, good people who could help us grow. So, and now, as it fast forward a bit, how did you go from CEO of Tasmania to now CEO of Victoria as well? So, uh, I suppose I was CEO of Tassie for I'm going to say uh, 14 or 15 years um, when an opportunity you took it from a zero to 30 offices or so. Yeah, uh, and then the opportunity became available in Victoria. We had a CEO resign. And quite a lot of the brands, uh, real estate brands, have a CEO who oversees Victoria and Tasmania, but they're usually based in Victoria. And so I put my hand up and I thought, well, there's no reason I couldn't do reverse based yeah. in Tassie, but oversee Victoria. 
So uh, I put my hand up for that and I, I got the job late 2018. Uh, it doesn't feel like I've been here all that time because a lot of it was COVID. So a lot of it, yeah. I, I just mm. wasn't here. So I was running Victoria for quite a bit of the time over the last few years, basically from my study at home in Launceston. Um, so yeah, so I, I took on that opportunity and um, now these days I'm probably three quarters of my time is in Melbourne uh, and because uh, Tasmania is so established and runs so well it's I've just got a, it's just a maintenance thing to make sure yep. we keep doing all the things because we are the chased company there everyone's trying to knock us off steal our staff and you know and yeah. stuff whereas I suppose here we are a chaser we're trying to get to the top in but Victoria. you've done quite well like just in your time in Victoria I mean how many offices you got now in just Victoria? Oh look it's close to 50 I think we've put on about uh, 13 or so in my time but um, four years two years of which was COVID yeah so look you know mind you we've probably probably got rid of six or seven as well um, you know part of my job was not only to grow but to increase the, the, the quality of and what we're talking about the mm. brand so to get some consistency and that where all our offices are at a high level and you know like most companies you have a, a range of offices which are really good mm. and then some which are average so part of my job was to increase the quality so that anyone who has an experience with Harcourts walks away and, and thinks that, that that was great, they were fantastic. So that's, that's part a tough of my thing job. to do. And, and to what are the, like, sorry Rex, what yeah, are the please. qualities that you look for when you are potentially looking to put on a business owner in an area? Like what are the Harcourts qualities that you are really sort of wanting to have in an individual to really sort of, you know, I guess, take an office to the next level or grow an office? Well, you know, they have to be good people, first of all. Yes, um, they may not have all the, the knowledge, but if they're good people and we can sort of nurture them and mould them and train them, that's the most important thing. So they don't have to be the, the you know, if they're a rebrand, they don't have to be the biggest office or if they're starting from scratch, they don't have to have experience. We just need to have good people who are willing to learn and listen and take on ideas. You know, when you, brands, I suppose the perception of a brand in a service industry is the people, mm. you know, so you must have good people as the starting point of any uh, growth. So it's, it's, they've got to be quality people. And sometimes you can have very successful salespeople who aren't Great good people. They're not good business owners because they're two different skill sets. Absolutely. Um, and being a successful salesperson is quite a selfish sort of role, whereas being a successful business owner, you've got to be selfless. And so you, you need to find someone who has, is very successful but has more selfless qualities. And, and sometimes it's, it's a matter of finding a, a successful salesperson and, and maybe there's another person that they form a partnership with and that partner mm. brings all the other skills which maybe the salesperson doesn't have. Yep. So yeah, you, so you certainly need the right people, and and you you know that's the, the starting point. As the CEO of a franchise, like you see, you hear franchise want to grow, and for you to say you want quality, so you you basically got six officers to leave there. I yeah. mean, how is that? How is that possible? How is how do you go about getting someone to leave? If it's not oh, you, sometimes it's just a matter of you have to wait for the um, franchise to expire. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's actually having a conversation that that unless you're willing to take on all the things that a franchise offers why be part of a franchise you know you pay a reasonable amount of money for mm. all the things that franchise offer, offers in terms of systems and technology and support and training and if you don't take it up you'd be better off not with us 
What are the different qualities in the successful Harcourts business owners in comparison to the business owners that potentially haven't been able to grow their brand? What do you think the qualities are? Well, first of all, I think the people who run the business need to be people that people want to follow. Mm. You know, because there's a lot of successful people, but you wouldn't want to follow them. So you need to have someone running a business which makes people want to join mm. and follow. Um, they also need to be open uh, to ideas and learning and, and looking at new things. I mean, there's so much technology is you know, happening and changing all the time. So they need to be open to how could they use that to in, enhance their business. Mm. You know, they need to have um, a certain drive and ambition and, and not everybody has that. Uh, and it's not like we're looking for everyone who wants to have this amazing large office, but, but we certainly want people to create great offices. They may only be small, but we want them to create great quality offices that offer really good service. And so that's important. Absolutely. And, and, what, sorry, you and we've seen what you do for your offices um, is you have these leadership um, days. So I think you're coming to one. I'm coming you? to one. Thank you for the invitation. Um, but <coughs> tell us about. <coughs> tell us about. Chanel didn't get an advice. No. Hence right? no. <laughs> my clearing of my throat. It's leadership. Year, it's good year, people. Uh, <laughs> but it it helps your franchisees. Helps your offices. So you know, tell us about your leadership days. How did it go? Oh look, you know, um, the success of the business. A lot of it comes around the quality of the leadership. And I talk about the people leading. They need to be people that people want to follow. So. I suspect, like, quite often when salespeople in, in lots of businesses, they go from that level of being a salesperson to a business owner, they stop training and learning. Mm. And so to, for us, they may have all the sales skills, but it's a totally different set of skills. So we are constantly trying to help our business owners understand, you know, understand how to manage people. Like, managing people is the hardest part of the business. Mm -hmm. It's a lot harder than selling houses. Yeah. So understand how to manage people. Um, we, we need them to understand to manage finances. You know, a lot of salespeople are, are great, they have a gift of the gab and they can do all these things, but they're hopeless with money. Mm. Mm. So we need to educate them on how to run a, prof a professional, financially viable business. So that means you, you know, you've got to give them guidance. So um, it's a great initiative. Yeah, so we, we, we do lots of things. I mean, some of it's about the things that the, the finance or the leadership and some of it's just understanding how to develop a great culture yeah. and you know culture you know, in terms of what why people join or stay it, it's leadership and it's culture if you get well, those two things right speaking on culture tony i spent a, a period of time working internal with the harcourts group and something i really noticed that that separates harcourts from other offices is how strong the culture is you know you have your quarterly awards nights. So you've got your internal awards nights and people feel leaving really empowered. And the individual offices, there's a real sense of, I guess, community. And I think your your guiding qualities at Harcourts is what people first. Um, doing the right thing. Doing the right thing. And you can really tell yeah. that people abide by the guiding principles of what yeah. the Harcourts group stand for. So do you have a sort of culture or a strategy for in place for the culture? And what do you look for when meeting with potential Harcourts business owners in terms of a cultural fit for the organisation? Yeah, look, I mean, the values of doing the right thing, people first, uh, being courageous and fun and laughter, there are four values. So they're sort of the core at what we do. And, you know, we are looking for people that sort of fit in with those values. So we certainly, it's... How do you qualify that? Oh, you, you don't always get it right. You don't yeah. always get it right. It's <laughs> difficult. You know, 
But they continue to train them as well. It's not just finding them, they nurture them. You know, but the the hardest part is, right, and I'm sure Tony can agree, when you're recruiting anybody, you see the best part of them. You do reference checks, you do every check under the sun. It's not until they're in the role that you really see what their true colours are that can be really frustrating. And I can imagine when recruiting for potential business owners, you put that person on. Yeah. And that is the one one office can destroy the entire rep, rep, you know, reputation of a brand. So you've got to be so careful. You, you do. And, and, you know, we are careful and we do all the checks. But I'm, I'm first to admit, we don't get it right 100% of the time. No, no, one no one does. Because, as you say, you see the best of people in interviews and you go through the process. You know, I, I, I don't find you ever see the other side of people until... From a, just from a, a normal recruitment till they go past probation. Correct. So yeah. if they, if there's any issues in pro, in the probation period, you know there's going to be issues after probation. So they've got to be absolutely perfect, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you, you need to find, um, but but it's so hard, and you, you do all the checks, uh, and sometimes you, you realise you, you've got it wrong. And but you so do the, you do, you have those hard conversations by the sounds of it. And you, if someone's not performing, you'll exit them. Um, well, it's it's not good, you know. The, to, to be a successful brand, you need consistency. Mm. And so for us to be consistent, I mean, everyone's perception of the brand is based on their experiences and feelings about the brand. And Chanel, you might have uh, an experience with a Harcourts brand and you think they're great because you had a great experience. And Rex, you might come across a different Harcourts office and they're disastrous. Mm. You know, So you think Harcourts is terrible. So for us, it's really important to get consistency. So if we have people in our brand uh, that are, are letting us down, you know, for, for our point of view, it's, it's best that if we can part company, we part company. Mm. And it's always, it's always about the long-term goal, not the short-term thing. You know, we think short-term, if we keep them on, they're very successful, they bring in lots of money, it's all good, but long-term they damage the brand. So for us, it's about you know, if we make a mistake, so how do we rectify that? Can, can we train them and guide them or are they beyond help? And if they're beyond help, then we've got to see how can we part company. And you've got the courage to do so. Well, I mean, I suppose the, the role of a CEO is you have to have difficult conversations yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I read somewhere, you know, that the more difficult conversations you have, the more successful you become. Yeah. And I think there's some truth in that. Yeah. So. Can we just go to branding? Yes. You've gone from, in Tasmania, from zero offices, and as a CEO, you've grown to 30 offices and wanting to be three or four sales in whole of Tasmania is a Harcourt's office. You've gone to Victoria, you've got 50 offices in Victoria. Now, how have you grown a brand so successfully? Uh, it's just hard work. Yeah. I like, I mean, I, I, yeah, it's being choosy who you, you choose to do business with. Um, it's giving, we, we have the best trained people. So we give them the absolute best training. And more often than not, they take it on. You know, sometimes they don't, but we make sure they have the absolute best training. So we're choosy, uh, we give the best training, we work on leadership because it all stems from the top to make sure our leaders are constantly developed. But a lot of it's hard work, you know, like growing to that size, there were a lot of knockbacks where, especially in the early days, well, well, who's this brand Harcourts in New Zealand? Why would we want to form a joint partnership with a New Zealand brand? We're in Australia, uh, we're in Australia, you know, like, yeah. so there was a, there was a little bit of resentment to this is a New Zealand brand. And I think brands are bigger than states and countries mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Brands are international and that's where Harcourts is an international brand. But, you know, this is quite a few years yeah. ago. So, um, but it, it's a slow, hard grind. And I think it's, once you secure a few quality people, then other quality people think, well, 
that person would not have joined unless there were really strong reasons because they are smart people, you know, maybe we should look at it. So I think early on we had a few successes where we got a few really good quality people and that was what helped draw other people to at least have a conversation with us. Mm, absolutely. I mean, brand is everything. And I, and, I, and I think as well, Tony, you led by example, particularly in Tasmania. If you lead by example, others will, will certainly yeah. follow. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think brand is everything. You know, like yeah. you think of a brand for a company, it's like a person's reputation. Correct. Just like and the name Chanel. <laughs> That's right. You know. What do you think some of the biggest struggles business owners are facing right now, Tony? Particularly within, you know, not just the Harcourts network, but as a business owner right now, we've obviously got, you know, cost of living crisis. We've seen salaries escalate to points where, you know, rent rolls can't even be profitable because of the salaries we're offering property managers. You're seeing a really volatile housing market. There's so many elements that are coming yeah. into play within the real estate market right now. So some golden advice for other business owners that are potentially watching or potentially independents that might be sort of wanting to switch over to the Harcourts brand. What advice do you have to bit for business owners in this current climate, this market, and what could potentially draw a business owner to join the Harcourts group? That was a lot there. That was, was a lot so there. Like, I, I can't even remember. Yeah. I can't even remember the first. No, nah, I thought we were talking about brand. I see a lot of people go on tangents. So just go. So. So where do we start? So the challenges. challenges. So, so there's lots of challenges. But you know what? In real estate, there's always lots of challenges. There's always something going on. There's always interest rates going up or, or something happening with the, the workplace or you know, a pandemic. There's always things. And I think real estate agents become very resilient people. Uh, and I think that is what's helped them over the last period of time. But I would say that my biggest advice, or several bits of advice. I think the officers that have strong leadership are the ones that are going to stand out now. Mm. Um, and strong leadership is probably getting uh, leaders who are going to get their team back to the basics and to understand. I mean, they've had an easy run for two years where they, you know, maybe the, as soon as you Everyone's put a house flying. on the market, yeah. everyone was selling. Yeah. And um, even average agents did quite well. Well, now you're going to find the average agents are going to drop by the right. wayside. And the good agents, I'm finding the good agents are doing just as well, even better, better. because in today's market, people realise that it's not a matter of just choosing any agent, putting a sign up and it'll sell. They actually need someone Quality. with some skill sets mm -hmm. now to negotiate the best possible price mm -hmm. because the buyers are drying up, the days of market is extending. So, so we need to make sure, and there's been people who have entered the industry in the last few years who know nothing about all these basics that I'm talking about. So we've got to make sure our, our people are even uh, going back to the basics and trained even better. So it's a matter of going back to all that stuff. I've seen, just saying, I've seen a couple of your officers or clients of mine who just entered new offices and they're doing so well. Yeah. And have never run an office before. They were sales agents and you, the leadership and quality and support you've given them, I've seen them literally flourish. Well, yeah, the, the, the hardest part is that first six or so months when you transition from being a salesperson to being a business owner. There's so much to learn and take on. So certainly from our perspective, Harcourts, that you know, we try and do everything we can to make you successful because if you're successful, then we are successful. Win-win. Yeah. So it's about, you know, once again, it's that long-term gain. You know, whatever we can do in the short term to help that office start and, and flourish, will be rewarded somewhere down the track. Mm. Absolutely. Well, what we want to do, Tony, we want to finish up with 
again, my question was very long-winded. So yes, the second part of it was, if you're an independent business owner right now, or potentially a business owner with a brand that you feel like you're not getting support in, what advice would you give them to potentially join the Harcourts Franchise Group? Well, I would say just give me a call to start with. Yeah, call me. <laughs> <laughs> no, call me. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, I suppose there's lots of officers, whether they're independent or with another brand, who are looking for answers mm. at the moment. Um, and you know, if their brand gives them the answers, that's great. Stay where they are. But if it doesn't, well, I'd say you know, you know honestly, give us a call, and we could talk about what we have to offer, because uh, I think we offer a lot in terms of support and training and guidance. But certainly, whoever you go with, you you need to be with a brand that helps you because you know, officers are going to need more and more help over the next few years. Mm. I think if there's anything we've learned over the past two years, you never know what's around the corner. No, 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 it's no, extremely no. volatile. Well, thank you so much thank for your you, time with us today, Tony. We've learned a lot and we really appreciate you coming out and being a guest on Real Estate Renovators. You're welcome. You, Until next time. Bye.